everybody, and welcome back to Muggles, Magic, and Mischief. A Harry Potter podcast. You heard that right. We're back. Yes. <laughs> I'm your host, Kim. I am your other host, Ryan. So nice to see you across the right. table from me. <laughs> we haven't seen each other in so long. <laughs> Just kidding. We live together. Okay. Um, today, we are talking about chapter 17 of Harry Potter and the a Source. The last chapter. It is the last Stone. chapter, but let me finish. Last chapter, chapter 17 of Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. The man with two faces. There we go. I was very excited. We have been holding in all this Harry Potter energy for months. For a long time. Uh, Quick quick explanation for why we were gone for so long. Oh, right. You guys probably deserve an explanation. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) Uh, I would just like to say that life happened. Yes. Uh, We both got really swamped with work, and we didn't really have a lot of spare time, period. To do anything. So, so, but... (laughs) We've moved some things around in our life, and now... Muggles I quit my and... job just so we could do this, okay? Wow. So <laughs> so listen and know that a, a great sacrifice has been made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get into our chapter for today, we are going to do Harry Potter happenings. Yes. Just getting back into the flow of it. And this is like brand new. This is. This is really exciting, actually. So, Tom Felton, also known as Draco Malfoy from the Harry Potter. Star of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. (laughs) Wrong franchise, honey. (laughs) Um, Draco Malfoy from the Harry Potter franchise is coming out with a memoir that he wrote. It comes out October of this year, 2022. It is called Beyond the Wand, The Magic and Mayhem of Growing Up a Wizard. Hmm. So... I read kind of the description. I follow him on Instagram, so I've kind of seen some stuff about this, but... He's nothing like Draco. No, nothing he is at like... All. He sounds delightful. He's a hippie, but he's just like so chill and very just nice and funny and yeah, so yeah. not... So not Draco. Not Draco, all. no. Um, but what this book is about is growing up being on the set of Harry Potter. So he's going to talk about interactions with cast members. He's going to talk about behind the scenes stuff. He's going to talk about um, fun memories, maybe some controversial behind the scenes stories. It's a tell all. It is. But also I think there's some like, cause he was so, they were all so young. They're babies when they start this. So um, what it truly was like to be that famous, that young. So there's some of that too. I'm very excited for this book. And we have decided we're going to do a book club for Patreon. So for Patreon members only... When this book comes out, yes. we're going to do it in however many kind of segments it, yeah. it will take we, to we do it. We don't really know the format of yeah. the book yet to know if it's but, chapters or what. But um, Yeah, Beyond the Wand will be yeah. a Patreon exclusive. So a another reason to join Patreon and yes. get that exclusive little book club we're going to do with Tom Felton's book. Yeah. Um, you can pre-order it now through like every channel possible, Amazon, yep. Barnes & Noble, Target, all the places that you can get books. Um, or your you local can, bookstore. 
I don't think you can pre-order it through a local bookstore. You could probably buy it once it's out, yeah, but true. not pre-order. Um, it also will be available ebook format, like on Kindle. So that's probably how. Is there going to be an be. audiobook? I think so. I am more of an audiobook person. I will look into that because if it's Tom Felton reading the oh, audiobook, I bet it would be. I I'm sorry. That's how I'm going to digest. <laughs> You're it. sold. <laughs> yes, already. So that's coming out October 2022. I don't have Exciting an ex- exact stuff. date yet, but we will update you yeah. when we know. Um. All right. Let's move into chapter summary. So one thing before we jump it past oh. Harry Potter happenings, one okay. thing I realized was the last time we did Harry Potter happenings. What was the Harry Potter happenings? Do you remember what it was? Um, I have a feeling it was a Daniel Radcliffe thing. Nope. Oh, what was it? Secrets of Dumbledore had just come out. Was that the last thing we did? That was the last Harry Potter happenings we did. Yikes. Guys, it's been months. I'm so sorry. Something news that's come out since, uh, I think we talked about it on one Harry Potter happening, but like Daniel Radcliffe's Weird Al Yankovic movie. Yeah, that's what I thought It's coming out soon. Is it coming out Um, soon? So maybe that'll be like a, maybe that'll be a bonus Patreon thing where we're like, we we review Daniel Radcliffe stuff. Oh gosh. (laughs) We just love Daniel Radcliffe in anything, not just Harry Potter, but... Man, Are we about to talk about Miracle Workers again? The man can act. If you haven't seen Miracle Workers, <laughs> man, go to TBS. I think since we've done Harry Potter Happenings, I also went back and watched his movie with James McAvoy called Victor Frankenstein. You did watch that? I watched it. It's, I mean, it's not like the greatest movie ever, but he does some really good acting in that movie. We still haven't watched Swiss Army Man, which I mm. feel like we'd probably really enjoy. That's the Paul Dano movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's okay. him and Paul Dano, and he... It's kind of an indie film, but it's like they get shipwrecked or something, mm. and he's... I'm maybe, not quite sure. Maybe actually. we'll have to do like a Daniel Radcliffe like movie club. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> anyway, anyway... Five minutes of talking about Daniel Radcliffe, so, and we're going to finally get into chapter So 17. much has Harry Potter <laughs> happened since we... I don't know if the syntax spoke. was right there. It's all right. I, I have to look up what syntax means. <laughs> Sentence structure. Ah, yeah, yes. I got you. No, it's, you I'm, don't have to look it up. I'm... You're, you're the books, I'm the looks. I get oh, it. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chapter 17, summary. Finally. The we finale. Left you, we left you on a cliffhanger. <laughs> right. And it, literally, the book was on a cliffhanger, and we <laughs> left show. you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, we'll be back next week. It was like, I don't know <laughs> if like I can SpongeBob trust them. It's like SpongeBob three months later. later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, but we're gosh. back. Okay. Yes. It's been Quirrell all along this yeah. whole time. Who saw it coming? Not Harry. <laughs> I, no, not at all. He's like, wait, you're not Severus Snape. He's yeah. like, of course I'm not, you fool. <laughs> Why is it villains always call people fools? Yeah, It's not like, idiot or like... Yeah, it's always anything. something... Fools! Where, it's or like imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing my do Skeletor it, do impression. It, I'm do not it. doing it. I'll do it during the course of the episode. At some, at some point, there will be an Easter egg. Ryan does an amazing... Skeletor impression. That's from He-Man. If you don't know who that is, it is. If you don't know what He-Man is, there's the door. <laughs> Actually, sure. come back, please. <laughs> please don't leave us. Okay, so it's been Quirrell all along. Yes. Harry is shocked to say yes. the least. Um, 
Not only has it been Quirrell all along, but dude has Voldemort sticking out the back of his head. It is stinky turban head. <laughs> stinky turban. I love when Harry first walks past him in this chapter. He's like, um, that was a weird smell. <laughs> he, actually, he refers to it as a funny smell. Yes. I'm like, is is any bad smell? Like, if I, okay, if there was, say, I don't know, a really bad fart. <laughs> Would you say... You don't have those, do no, you? No, not at all. Would you say, like, oh, that's a funny smell? Or would you just say that's a bad smell? Bad smell. So but that's why she's I find probably it. trying not to use the word bad, because bad is a bad word when you're writing. Hmm, interesting. So, is that just a, like said is not a great word to use, you want to use something. Is that a syntax? Did I use syntax correctly? You did not. It's fine, though. Dang it, that was bad syntax. Syntax is sentence, <laughs> sentence structure. So it's fine. You're you're cool. Not a big deal. Okay. Uh, uh, you heard it here first. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I, I'm a guy that's reading Harry Potter on a podcast chapter by chapter in my 30s, and I got called cool. That might be... Don't, there- don't hype it up too much. You got called cool by your wife, so... <laughs> It's not not that big of a deal. Hey, my wife thinks I'm pretty neat. <laughs> wow. You guys, clearly we have missed doing we this have, because we can't even get past the chapter. So we maybe. have missed you. Maybe you've missed us. <laughs> I mean, who knows? All three I, people that I, listen to I this. I really want someone to listen to this for, like with the intention of being like, okay, like they're going to get down into the details, the nitty gritty of these Harry Potter Have books. Have we even talked about and, the and book they're, yet? Like, they're no. going to tell us like what J.K. Rowling was thinking like through the whole process of all of it and be very disappointed. <laughs> and this is what you get. They talked about Miracle Workers again. I don't even know <laughs> what that show is. That's their fault for not watching it because we've told them about it about five That's times. That's true. That's yeah. true. So do your homework. Okay. All right. Back to the chapter summary. Oh we started gosh. forever So it's ago. Quirrell. Voldemort's in the back of his head. Harry gets the stone from the mirror of Erised just from being pure of heart. So yeah, I have questions about that. Yeah, don't don't worry. We all do. Quirrell can't touch. I just want to call him Squirrel because that's how I remember how to spell his name. Anyway, wow. Squirrel can't touch Harry. Um, we'll get into this next episode when we talk about comparisons between the movie and the books. Right. But I really prefer the way the movie depicts it because mm. in this it's just blisters. Like, oh uh, right, because. Right. In the movie, if I remember it correctly, it's more like a like a searing steam almost. Well, that's it like off his face. He turns into stone. He like cracks and crumbles. Oh, yeah. Versus right. in this, he just gets like, "Ow, I touched something really hot." Like that's dumb. Okay, first of all, like you couldn't fight through that pain. Kim okay? must not have a lot of experience touching really hot things. Um, I have lots of experience touching hot. Like things. if I touch like a hot pan or like even a hot cup of coffee. I it goes You're a from baby, it though. goes from like PG rating to R rating real fast. <laughs> but but that's something you could fight through. Like that's not something that like it's a blister. He doesn't have third degree burns, you know? Like mm. But isn't that how bad of a burn do you have to have to get blisters though? Long, dramatic pause. I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on, books. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. Moving on. So their fight is... The fight happens. The fight happens. Quirrell's trying to get the stone. Um, Harry blacks out. Yes. We're not really sure what happens until Harry wakes up. 
He's in the hospital wing. Um, he's got a load of questions. Right. Dumbledore answers. Because Dumbledore's a third there when he wakes up. Yeah. yeah. Dumbledore's there when he wakes up. Um, and we kind of figure out why Squirrel can't touch Harry. We kind of figure out what happens to the stone. We don't get any answers as to why Voldemort wanted to kill Harry. So dumb. To Literally, while I was reading this last chapter, I rolled my eyes about 15 times when it came to things that Dumbledore said. Because once you've read the whole series, you just have a different perspective on the kind of person Dumbledore is. Mm. In this book... Harry views him as very kind-hearted, very wise, very he would never put me in harm's way on purpose, all this kind of stuff. That's another part of this chapter I really want to talk about because Hermione is on it from the beginning. Yes, and Harry's like, no, and it's like. I trust him implicitly. Oh, my gosh, why? You don't know anything about him. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we'll get into it. Um, Slytherin's about to win the house cup, but Dumbledore is a total skis bag and ruins this, Slytherin's life. This I well, would be so mad if they I was won seven years in a row. Okay. It's not like they haven't it's not like yeah, it's but, not like it's Hufflepuff's first chance in a thousand years and he just takes it away from them. No, but it's like of course, you know, he's the one that can bend the rules all the time. Anyway, Gryffindor ends up winning. The one part of that I really do like is why he gives them the points, like the reasons why. They all make sense. Yes, yeah. and Neville is hands down the best. Yes. Um, And then they leave. That's literally it. It just kind of ends. So... But we get, to, we get to see it all the way, and we'll dig into this. Like, yeah, all the, the way actual... up to the ending, him getting back to the Dursleys. But, like, in the movie, they cut it off at the train. Like, they get on the train, and the movie is done. Well, yeah, because you don't I... want to end on a downer. Well, I didn't know that there was... But they have that... Com... Harry and Hermione and Ron have that conversation at King's Crossing. Yeah. Where, like, I King's think... King's Cross. Whatever. <laughs> That like that made more sense to me, like because they're talking about like how their summer is gonna be, right. and Harry ends the book on like a quippy little one liner. Well, yeah, because it's book was... Harry, million times better than movie Harry. Wow. I love Daniel Radcliffe, but just you wait. Like all the characters are so much better in the books because they just have more depth to them and more life. I feel like the movies are so dark and it there's very dark themes in the books do not get me wrong but there's always a levity in the character's response to things and i don't feel like we get a true look at that at the movies so listeners if you're not getting this uh I, listen <laughs> They are Kim, listening. Kim is <laughs> keep listening. <laughs> Kim is the how do you say this? Out of the two of us, she is the academic elite. She is the one that's in her ivory tower, knowing everything about these books. I'm or think I'm a host of the people. I I Did I'm. Did you get my Lord of the Rings reference? Come yes, on. I got your Lord of the Rings reference here on our Harry Potter podcast, which well, Muggles, a... Magic, and Mischief, a Lord of the Rings podcast. There we go. My shtick is back. My shtick is back. <laughs> we need to get T-shirts that say "My shtick is back." No, we do not need to do that. Coming soon to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> shtick rhymes with. <laughs> no, no. 
That's all I can think. Quick. So. No. Take that Take that off Patreon yeah. now. <laughs> Don't do it. Come on. We already got 20 pre-orders. Anyway, what are you trying to say? I would like to apologize already for how <laughs> off the rails. I've just been excited to get back. I know. Okay. So, but I'm an academic in my ivory tower. You're the what? I'm the host of the people. Okay. Uh, so, so what does that mean? Uh, basically, if anyone didn't understand anything you're saying, I'm with them. You don't understand anything I'm saying? Uh, I'm not following everything, but that's why we're going to get into a detailed breakdown of the chapter. All right. What Do you do? You have questions? or? Uh, I have a few, um, but largely, I, I love how this chapter kind of followed the same narrative flow that most of the chapters did. Really, it's it's kind of three chapters in one. Yeah. Right? And so we have the, the confrontation between Harry and Quarrel slash... Quirrell. Slash Squirrel. Stop it. <laughs> between uh, Quarrel, You're not going to be able to Voldemort. say it right. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> and we have that confrontation, and that gets... That's chapter one in this chapter. Yeah, it gets yep. solved. Yep. Um, then we have the chapter with Harry and Dumbledore having their convo. Which was, I won't lie, my favorite part of this chapter. As it should be. It's very good. Because you learn so much. And it, it feels... But like, do you? It, well, okay. You, le- you learn more than you knew. Yes. But, but for, for me being the first time reader and yeah, me being the lens through which most of our listeners are coming to this book, I felt like that conversation added a lot of context and a lot of value to the things that have happened. Because... Voldemort explains a few things in their confrontation, but Dumbledore gives much further explanation, and yeah. I really appreciated that. And then the the, the, the last third of the of the book with the the feast and Ron and Hermione coming to the hospital wing, and then them getting to the train station and how they depart. There's some just really good character moments, especially the the, the moment with Hagrid yeah. giving him the photo album. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! tears but just such a good little like it's like what three sentences right and it like explains how much hagrid loves harry yeah and that's like they get a moment at the end and that's not in the movie if i he no he gets the he gets the book (laughs) so guys before our hiatus we actually watched the movie and just never recorded our comparison, right. but Ryan fell asleep for the last hour, so we have to watch it again anyway. Oh, no. That's why he uh, doesn't remember that he does, in fact, get the book in the movie. I have a bad habit of falling asleep in movies. Yes, you do. Especially when it's important. It's not just casual viewing. It's funny. I will I will sit through an entire movie that I'm not, like watching for any purpose and be like, oh, that was cool. Now I'm going to go to bed. Movie that I'm actually watching for a reason. I'm just like 30 minutes in. Oh, Ryan snoring again. Again. But yeah, there were a lot of good moments of this chapter um, that, I don't know, I enjoyed the last chapter a lot more than I thought I was going to because Kim kept telling me that the book ends abruptly, and now I understand what she means by that now, but I still think this last chapter is a really good chapter. Good. I'm glad you think so. So let's... I think it ends very abruptly. Compared to the rest of the book, the number of chapters spent on leading up to things, the main conflict, and then climax solving the conflict, 
Climax solving the conflict, literally one chapter out of 17. That feels not right. Is that improper syntax? What? I, is that improper syntax or proper syntax? What? I, what did I'm I say? Trying to make a grammar joke. Wow. Oh, I, I don't know. That fell flat. Yes, it did. <laughs> I have no idea what I so, said. So, um,. Just kind of breaking down the chapter a little bit more um, finely. There were there were some lines in the initial conflict with just going back to things that I, I, I squirrel highlighted or stood out. I'm just gonna ignore it. <laughs> Dang it, I acknowledged it. Um, but um, I I love that Harry's assumption in the conflict is, oh. Why is Quirrell here? Snape should be the one that's here. Yes. And he even asks uh, Quirrell, he says, but Snape always seemed to hate me so much. And uh, Quirrell casually said, oh, yes, he does. Heavens, yes, he does. He was at Hogwarts with your father, didn't you know? They loathed each other, but he never wanted you dead. And goes into all the reasons why why Snape was actually the one trying to save him. Yes. And it's so weird that, like, in most books, I would think, oh, Snape was just being hard on him because of the memories he had of his father. And secretly, he, like, knows Harry is bound for great things or, or whatever. But Quirrell's like, no, no, no. He does hate you. Yes, he like, does. That's, it's not like his, like, you're not going to, like, break through the, the thick outer shell to get to the, like, the warm, like, you know, cozy center. He's like, no, he really does hate you. It's just that he he hated the idea that you would die more. Well, okay. So Dumbledore explains it a little better, yes. saying that James, Harry's father, saved Snape. So Snape felt like he was in debt, indebted to James, and this makes them even. And he can go back to hating James and there not being any... They're, they're even. Slate's clean. But I feel like... Unfortunately, last book, you're really going to see. It's not that Snape hates Harry. It's like Snape hates the the fact that Harry even exists because it means. Which is so much better. No, it just, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not nothing Harry did. Right, right. It's not because, you know, Harry pissed him off. It's just because Harry's there because that means that Lily ended up with James and it's not a re- with him. Harry is a reminder of yeah. what Severus couldn't have. Yes. And so it's like so much deeper than just you're annoying and you look like your dad and right. I hate your dad. And, you know, it's so much more than that. It's so deep. But it just is so unfortunate. It takes us so long to really get that full picture. Right. Um, because here's the other thing I'm going to say. There are so many people that Snape's their favorite character because they feel like instances like this where Snape's actually protecting Harry, they think that redeems the complete trash that he treats. He treats him like trash. Yeah. Throughout the next seven years. And I can see the redeeming quality of some things that Snape has done and will continue to do. But does that make it okay for him to treat him like trash? So and it's selfish the reason why he's doing it. He's not doing it because he loves Harry or it's best for Harry or anything like that. So Snape's kind of a 
a mixed bag of emotions. Right. Yeah. It, and he, he's, I mean, I think he kind of comes, I feel like every fandom has this, and we've talked about this in the past, where every fandom has that character that everybody fanboys or fangirls about, but they like, it's like they understand what the character is on the on the surface, but like the deeper intentions of the character, it's 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 unclear. I think why some people like some mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, and I'm not saying like if you like Snape, like f- sure, awesome. But like, it's sounding like he's not as redeeming and glorious as some people are. Like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm Team Snape. It's like. Do you really want to be on that team, though? Well, it's... Like, Harry freaking names his son after him, and this guy has has and will continue to bully him. Yeah. And he... The reason why he, you know, the redeeming quality he has is not pure of heart, I'm doing this because it's the best thing to do. It's totally completely selfish why he does it why would harry name him that like i don't get it this guy caused you so much trauma you're gonna name your son after him makes so much sense Uh, ridiculous all right let's move on Uh, so towards the end of the conflict there i mean we get a description of, of voldemort's physical form for the first time and really it's only a glimpse yeah. Into what he will become. But he is described as very pale and very snake-like. So we're going to... You see how snake-like I can be. <laughs> um, and then... The Aladdin podcast. We get, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, there's that, that powerful scene where... Uh, where Harry and Voldemort kind of have that back and forth where mm-hmm. Voldemort's telling him yeah. what happened that night. And it's, in his own words, yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, his own perspective of what happened, and he, he kind of it's it's that like it's that very fine final jab at Harry because you know Harry responds with never, and then he mm-hmm. like you know he they get in that the actual like physical the fight. tussle, yeah. So I kind of like blister tussle. It, it is interesting that Voldemort is not a really like he's not a big presence in this book overtly right but he's he's subtly behind the scenes the entire time through the actions of of quarrel squirrel and <laughs> well i was gonna finish the episode but the girl kept saying squirrel all the time hey uh, now <laughs> it's it's endearing hey that's my wife <laughs> but, that is my wife it sounds so much better than can my girlfriend come if anybody out there is a fan of the comedic stylings of John Mulaney, that probably made a little more sense to you. Yeah, John um, Mulaney's the best. So uh, Voldemort and Quirrell are there fighting Harry for the stone, and then it just ends. Yes, Harry it's blacks v- out. very abruptly. Yep. And I think the reason why the next scene with Dumbledore in the hospital bed is my favorite is because... I feel like it's the first time. It, it really is this the first time we've really seen them have a, a longer conversation outside of the the chapter with the mirror. Yes. So I feel like this conversation gave me as a first time reader and Harry as a character a sense of closure for now. It, it was like a. It was like a holding this, you over. This is the end of a chapter, not the end of the story. And 
Right. Literally, I understand with, with the books that we've got more coming, but I feel like also for Harry, it's like he's about to go off for the summer. Mm-hmm. So much has happened. I mean, literally, just a matter of 300 pages ago, he's a boy that knows nothing of this world. Right. And Dumbledore has, you know, in a sense, seen him go through so much things. He owes him some answers. At least yes. some answers. He really he owes him all of the answers. But um, I, I do like a, a few, few moments that I highlighted from this conversation they have is that Harry is still kind of in that mindset of like he doesn't want to call Voldemort by his name. And then Dumbledore has a few great little lines in here where he says, call, Vo- call him Voldemort, Harry. Always use the proper name for things. Fear of a name increases fear of the thing itself. Yep. That is a great line. Yes. And Hermione uses that line several times throughout the series. Um, he, he does say, he adds a little bit more context of how Voldemort views his uh, his followers. Not well. Where he says he shows just as little mercy for his followers as his enemies. Yeah. And that made me think back to when they're having the, the verbal sparring match in in the dungeon when uh harry is talking with quarrel quarrel says there is no good or evil there is only power and those too weak to, to seek to, it to seek it yeah and that made me think of like voldemort is he worried about good versus evil not really he's worried about being powerful yeah and and to him mm, it's that's it's, really good it's like if, if his followers are too weak to follow him they they get treated just like you know yeah. the order of the phoenix dumbledore's army harry yeah. all of them he just he lumps in everybody essentially together yes he either uses you to become powerful you're either with me or you're not with me and and and, and, and let's be clear if you're with me i will use you so that i become more powerful in the end yes like that is i mean that is a form of egotism that is just Next level. Next level. Yeah. And you're really going to see, like, especially with the Malfoy family, you're going to see that. Like, it's not power so we can all be powerful. It's power so he and he alone can be powerful. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and th- and the using, you know, if you follow me, I'm going to use you. You're you're just a pawn to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's essentially- oh, Lucius Malfoy is prime example of that. like if you were to look at it like a chessboard yeah it's like yes like ron would right like like ron would uh voldemort is the king and you you'd think like oh there's queens and bishops and rooks and you know all this no there's only pawns yeah you may think you're a rook you may think you're a, a knight you may think you're a it's a, a means an to an end important yeah. piece but the king views you as a pawn right so it doesn't matter how you view yourself because mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure it there's... doesn't matter what kind of power you bring to the table. Right. Because in the end, all that power goes to the king. Inconsequential. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, so th- and that's really good. Dumbledore keeps these philosophical kind of tidbits keep being sprinkled throughout this conversation. Um, I really liked this line, too, where Dumbledore says the truth. It is a beautiful and terrible thing. And should be therefore it should therefore be treated with great caution. I like that. It, there's real world applications of that. Like 
in so many different areas of life. Yeah. Like truth is powerful and it, it can be powerful for good reasons. It can be powerful for bad reasons. Right. And I like how he, he gives like it is a beautiful and dangerous thing. Well, and especially in Harry's situation, what he's asking for, what he's, he's not ready for. Well, Dumbledore mean, says yeah. he's, not, he's not ready for he's it. He's 11 years old. Imagine learning the truth of why Voldemort wanted to kill him at 11 years old. Yeah, he's not asking something like, hey, Dumbledore, is Santa yeah. Claus real? No, like, he's is, like, no, he's like, tell me why my whole life has essentially been shit from the start. Yeah. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I, even if you're... <laughs> <laughs> even I don't if, think anybody would be ready to hear even that. Even if like, oh yeah, there's a d- adults that probably think like, oh, I'm ready to hear a truth like that, and really not. I don't even know if I would be ready to if I if I'm in yeah. Harry's situation, even as like a grown man here. I'm like, would I be ready for that? I just think throughout the whole series, so starting from, you know, even before he was born, all of the trauma that's been happening, and um. There's something your dad once told me about trauma, that trauma that's not healed. Oh, my dad? Yeah, your dad. Trauma that's not healed is transferred. Yes. And so you really see that in this in this story. There's trauma with the generation before Harry right. that gets transferred to Harry and, you know, his his peers. Right. And then it takes he, – he just gets – hit with trauma every freaking year yeah trauma 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 and you know for him not to pass that on to his kids there had to have been this huge immense healing yeah. and we do see some of that right. i would say in deathly hollows but i mean you can't heal 20 years worth of trauma in three chapters well, you know like, it's like Really, it's like Deathly Hallows Part Two. Should, the uh, Deathly Hallows should just be called Harry Potter: The Final Trauma. Yeah, like they could have made it into a musical, like Mamma Mia. Trauma, trauma. <laughs> Here we go again. That was good. <laughs> I love Mamma Mia. <laughs> but this conversation with Dumbledore is my favorite part. Um, there's a few more um, things where he explains like why Quirrell couldn't like kill him yeah and he said quirrell full of hatred greed and ambition sharing his soul with voldemort could not touch you for this reason it was agony to touch a person marked by something so good mm-hmm. now i feel unconditional like sacrificial love in a lesser writer's hand this landing could have fallen so flat right. like oh why did i why did i live because quirrell was bad and you're good well, no. It has nothing to do with Harry. I, I know, but but I'm saying like in a lesser writer's right. hands, yeah. it could have been boiled down to a very simplistic and almost pedestrian conclusion. Yeah. Um, but I think the way J.K. does this is is really nuanced in a way that like a kid's book should not be this nuanced. It's not a kid's. It's book. why it's not a kid's <laughs> book. Yeah. Um. I just. I, yeah. I, I love. I love how. Um, Kind of like going back to things we've talked about in the past, how whimsical and fantastical this this whole book has been, but also very nuanced and very philosophical at points yeah. where she is giving human truth in a you know a, a fantastical right. way. Yeah. Um. But I love that 
this conversation really like drew out those themes for me. I mean, we can even apply this to our lives today where we see that love truly drives out hate. Right. Yes. And that, you know, for what's what's really cool about this moment between Harry and Dumbledore when he's saying this is Harry gets an answer and it satisfies him. But when he truly learns more and more about what that sacrifice of his mom meant and what that means for him now, I mean, it's just such an amazing, beautiful thing to to not just realize how much Lily loved him, but how powerful love is and that it is more powerful than hate, greed, um, ambition. Yeah. negative ambition there's positive ambition too but yeah the, the one part of this interaction and it really doesn't happen with dumbledore it happens with ron and hermione after the fact is was dumbledore in the right to make this happen so I, boy. I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna because i know that a lot of this gets resolved in later books it does so i want to stick to the conversation that happens in this chapter, read, as, as so read what as Hermione much as we says. Can. Read what and, Hermione says. So, well, okay. Or the um, whole thing. Ron, Ron says this. Do you think he he meant you to do it? Said Ron, sending you your father's cloak and everything. Well, Hermione exploded. If he did, I mean to say that's terrible. You could have been killed. No, it isn't, Harry said Harry thoughtfully. He's a funny man, Dumbledore. I think he sort of wanted to give me a chance. I think he knows more or less everything that goes on here, you know? I reckon he had a pretty good idea we were going to try, and instead of stopping us, he he just taught us enough to help. I don't think it was an accident he let me find out how the mirror worked. It's almost as that he thought I had the right to face Voldemort if I could... Yeah, Dumbledore's off his rocker, all right, <laughs> Ron said proudly. So I just wrote in my notes, like, I agree with Hermione. That it's it's wrong? I mean, on so many different levels. Like, there, like I think sometimes in storytelling, especially like young adult, kids-focused media, there's that idea of like, well, destiny trumps everything. Like, if it's my destiny to fight against this whatever or right this wrong, I just get to do that. Now, like, as a parent, that terrifies me because it means that I don't have to be ready to face this challenge. I just, I have the right to face this challenge no matter if I'm ready, prepared, if I have support, anything. I just, I get to go do this. Well, and I also think this shows the contrast between her mining she's been brought up in a very stable household and versus harry having no support no one to look up to nothing she's like this is not okay that if he meant for this to happen that's not right an adult should not send an 11 year old to fight to f- to the fight. worst person ever that already tried to kill him and kill his parents okay? yeah yeah but harry not having that foundation of stability, of support, of security is like Dumbledore is the greatest wizard ever. And I just learned I'm a wizard and he's the greatest that I like. That's what I aspire to be. Right. I want to be like him. Therefore, I trust him without having 
reason to trust him. Right. Like, no. Right, right. I, you know, And so, then he almost gets me killed and I trust him even more. Yeah. and That I, is 110% a trauma response. And I don't question that trust. Yeah. I actually double down on yeah. it. Yeah. It's um, all trauma because he doesn't. He doesn't have, his brain's not, literally, his brain is not working right. When you have gone through trauma, it rewires your brain. So he doesn't see the red flags of, holy crap, this guy that's way more powerful than I am, that could stop Voldemort. Let me, an 11-year-old who doesn't know squat about magic or life or anything, go up against him because I had the, in quotes, the right it's my destiny. That's complete crap. So, as we're, like, reading through this, it's really hard for me not to think of this other example. It, it kind of reminds me of Luke's relationship with Obi-Wan in Star Wars. Okay. Luke, in the first movie, um, in New Hope, has been... Is a, whiny. Yeah, oh. Is, I was going to go to Tashi Station to get power converters. A perfect Mark <laughs> Hamill impression. Thank um, you. So I also I have a bowl cut. You have a bowl cut. <laughs> I have bangs everywhere <laughs> around all of my head. <laughs> so, but but I like, don't the, the way I, the way I think of this is like it's the the young um, the young very like energetic driven protagonist right who has a mentor yeah and the mentor simply doesn't do the job. Yes. Like leaves out impertinent, important information and to and, and allows them in a sense yes. to go fight an evil they are not ready to un- understand yep. or even they're hang not prepared. Yeah, they're like, not prepared. And, and, oh, I, you're so right. And it's mm. it's like it's like yes, there's that element of destiny, but destiny like you can get killed chasing destiny. Right. If Obi-Wan had just said like this dude's your father. Um, you have a sister. Um, all this stuff. So much conflict would have been gone. And also- which is why they didn't do that because plot. <laughs> but come on. But like it was like in hey, real life though. Hey, Luke, here's your family's true legacy. Yeah. Um, like I understand you don't like th- none of this makes sense to you. I am here as a trusted you know, mentor, yeah. teacher to teach you the skills and the the emo- the emotional strength to to like let's train on tattooing for a few years and then we can go solve this problem. Nope. Okay, so we just rewatched the original trilogy with our friends who have never Muggles sorry. Magic and Mischief a Star Wars yes, podcast. But we we did just another Star Wars podcast. <laughs> we just rewatched it. And I remember when we watched New Hope, I was so furious because after Luke goes to Obi-Wan, who he barely knows, he's met like three times. He calls him that old crazy guy, right? Doesn't know Obi-Wan. His aunt and uncle die, are burned alive. He doesn't shed a tear. He just moves on with his life. Those are his practical parents. Those Those are his parents. They raised him for 17 okay but he's more upset when obi-wan a guy he knows nothing about dies but just like harry he trusts him for no freaking reason okay what are his credentials um he used to be a jedi um he's the greatest he used to be a jedi 
I think. Uh-huh. I heard about. Yes. yes. Like my- he did great things a long time ago. Oh, well, I don't know much about this, but my parents are dead. Well, I have to trust somebody. <laughs> hey. But they're going to get me freaking killed. Oh, gosh. It's so stupid. It makes so, me so mad. Let's take this a little bit further. Frodo Baggins as the I ring know. bearer. Yeah. Like, mm. I, all, all these, like, Frodo, he is a, he is a, Essentially, still a juvenile hobbit. No, he is not. In the grand scheme of how long hobbits live. No, he's not. Okay, I just read the book. He's like sixty when he goes out. Okay, he's a, he looks very good for sixty. So, <sighs> uh, by the way, listeners, this is maybe all he's go- in his fifties. This is all going to a point. So, Frodo is essentially unprepared to take the ring, even as far as he takes it. He almost dies several times. Yeah, just getting the, to Rivendell halfway through the first book halfway through the first movie like let's not even account for mordor and all that crazy crap that happens that and gandalf knows all of this yes he knows all this and more yes because he's and he lets him do it yeah okay but i think gandalf has a better reason for why he lets frodo do it (laughs) let's bring this back to bring this back to harry better than freaking dumbledore harry and dumbledore in this conversation yeah this is a classic example of a protagonist yes. being thrown into a situation for destiny's sake, for purposes' sake, by an by an older teacher, a, a wise person who's supposed to guide them, guide them, but guides them they terribly guide them into terrible situations that could be completely avoided, right? Like it's like, like completely, it's avoided. crazy. Like all the great heroes of like fandoms, and it's like they all have mentors that lead them into shit they're not ready for <laughs> their mentors suck it's like suck. oh gandalf's a great teacher dumbledore's a great teacher obi-wan's awesome first of all all no. those guys die <laughs> like it's just, uh, like, don't trust back. old wizards that should really be the title of this episode <laughs> don't trust old wizards so, that's anyway, very th- good <laughs> that long diatribe aside i think it's um, been 10 minutes spent on this sorry guys we're very passionate but it is about nerd culture (laughs) it's but i think it's more we're passionate about like themes that we see throughout things and it's a classic it's a classic writing narrative device the hero's journey yeah that's literally all of these stories are the hero's journey that's all they are we got six more books of hero's journey coming right at you but i'm just saying like sometimes we glance over things because we love the, the 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 medium or the character or the book, right. and it's like sometimes, like, yeah, I understand. Like some of these decisions are made for plot reasons, but also just logic. You're sending an eleven year old, yeah, into a situation like, that would be like our neighbor's daughter. Yeah, like that's she ins- is not ready. That's insane. Like that would be our neighbor's daughter fighting Hitler. Luke is a teenager, and it'd be. Yeah, like, just, like Frodo is a peace-loving like f- hobbit who like is not ready for the world outside his window. Like I'm just saying, this this protagonist kind of issue with teachers that maybe don't do what's best for their student. It, they do it, what's best for the greater good, but they sacrifice their pawn because Voldemort has pawns. Dumbledore has pawns and nobody sees it coming. It's so frustrating. Dumbledore plays chess better than Voldemort does. Ooh boy, mm-hmm. but not better than Ron. So, um, <laughs> that, but well, well, that's when, 
as we're like, as we're wrapping up the the details of the chapter, I I, I will say I really do like how the chapter ends with them going their separate ways for summer. (laughs) Harry, this is like, you know, I know I'm not supposed to do magic. Dudley doesn't know that. Dudley doesn't know that. So, (laughs) you know, he just, he has, he's going to have some fun with that. And that's how the book ends. Yep. Like, so we, we get to the literally the last chapter and yep. i'm just like okay and i had that thought i was like i want to read chamber of secrets right now um but gotta wait but yeah so that's my that was my answer to the question what were my thoughts about the chapter <laughs> we have so many thoughts apparently <laughs> um okay before we end today we are going to jump into really quick am i kim smarter than a first year and this is the last time we will ask if Kim is smarter than a first year because next, the next time we do this, we'll be in our second year. Uh huh. That's true. Um, um. Also, this yeah. is kind of cool. Ryan picked a card at random, and all of the questions pertain to Sorcerer Stone. I don't so, know any of them. So, but yeah. he looked through, and apparently, it's a Sorcerer Stone card. So I mean, that as, was as far as I perfect timing. As far I'll as I understand, <laughs> yeah. So here we go, everybody. The last. Are you smarter than a first year? The last mill. <laughs> For all of you Ice Age fans. Muggles, Magic, and Mischief, an Ice Age podcast. I, you know what? Muggles, Magic, and Mischief, a Ray Romano podcast. A Ray Romano. <laughs> um, no. John Leguizamo. <laughs> Muggles, Magic, and Mischief, a Dennis Leary podcast. <laughs> it's just us reviewing Rescue Me episodes <laughs> and rewatching Sandlot a lot. <laughs> a lot. Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Question number one. Remember, we're reading questions twice. We are. For the benefit of the listeners at home. Yes. <laughs> who is the head of Slytherin House at Hogwarts? You repeat. It was a joke. I'm, <laughs> I was I'm aware, about to. I'm aware of how reading twice happens. <laughs> Wait, what do I do? Oh, uh, who is head of Slytherin House at Hogwarts? Severus Snape. He is. That's one of one. One of one. What element of the Hogwarts architecture like to change? What element of Hogwarts architecture like to change? The staircases. That is also correct. All 142 of them. That was a unnecessary flex, but it was impressive. Thank you. What color is unicorn blood? This was a few chapters ago that it we was. talked about. Yep. The unicorn. What color is unicorn blood? It is silver. Ooh, you got it. We're halfway through. Halfway through, and she's batting a thousand. Gosh, I better get all these right. We just read the book. <laughs> Remind listeners again how many times you've read this book. Um, this is probably my 17th, 18th time going all the way through the first book. I have started the first book so many times. Yeah. What type of fruit does Hagrid insultingly compare Uncle Vernon to? What fruit does Hagrid insultingly compare uncle vernon to he calls him a prune he 
calls him a prune. Dry up, Dursley, you, you great, great prune. prune. <laughs> four out of four, two left. Wouldn't this be so poetic that you would end the book? Don't jinx it. I'm super nervous it's going to throw a total curveball, and I'll be like, um, I didn't know. <laughs> What is Harry Potter's eyeglass prescription? Prescription. How many times? Bad. Bad. Very bad. We have the same prescription. Uh, How many times does Hagrid tap the wall with the umbrella to enter Diagon Alley? Three, five, or seven? See? Mm. Because it's different in the movie. Three, five... Or seven. I want to say three. Do you want to guess again? <laughs> is that wrong? Five. It is five. Yay! In, There's going to be that the one movie, listener who's like, nope, that's not how the game works. It, it's not. In the movie, it's definitely three times, okay. though. Uh, the correct answer was five. Okay. Though. So, uh, you know what? We'll count it. This is why a, are we counting it? Because I, it. I I want a perfect card for the finale. Okay, and I know you're gonna get the last one. Okay, this is a very appropriate question for to end this book with, and I can't believe I just pulled this card at random. Hey Kim, it was fate. What does the Sorcerer's Stone do? That's a great question. I know, right? Ask it again, listeners. Kim, what? does the sorcerer's stone do it produces the elixir of life word for word really she got the card six out of six we're counting it i got the movie version right for see you know what and i'm gonna count it everybody thank you for uh for indulging us with the trivia for this uh first book that are you smarter than a first year when we start Chamber of Secrets. I know I'm going to flub a few times. Uh-huh. Like, are you smarter than a second, second year? year. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to come back in a few weeks and we will start the next yeah. round of trivia. But let's uh, let's talk about what we got going on next week because it's not a chapter of a book. It's not. Um, next week we are releasing our comparison summary. So this is not going to be a watch along, but just we will have watched the movie and then are going to sit down and talk about the differences between yeah. movie, book, what we like, didn't like, things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's what's coming next week. We yes. do have some Patreon content planned right. where we are going to do a live watch along yeah. where we will record what Ryan and I talk about while we watch the movie. That's what we do Bathroom anyway. Bathroom breaks and all. We are not recording that. Um, but that's how we watch movies anyway is we just talk through them. And yeah. so... Um, People in theaters hate us. <laughs> we whisper in theaters. <laughs> um, but so that'll if be you, up on Patreon. Yep. If you yeah. join Patreon, you'll be able to get that Patreon exclusive content. Um, but It'll otherwise, kind of like a commentary track. Yeah. So you could yeah. literally press play and listen to us talk. Yep. And watch the movie. Yep. Um, and then yeah, look for that comparison summary here on the regular on the main feed yep. for free for free um and then yeah just be um it'll be a few weeks then we'll start chamber of secrets yeah we'll start chamber of secrets we act like i know there was like that long hiatus but look we actually did it we we really did it babe i I did it 
Kim did it. Hey, listener. You read the book. Listener, you did I it. hosted a podcast. <laughs> listener, you did it. You did it. You listened. Congratulations. Congra- Just great. You know what? You are house champion. You are house champion. You, You've won the Quidditch Cup. You're the real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's just going to be like, you know what? That was the pick-me-up I needed today. That's exactly what I needed. Thank you for so much. <laughs> they talked about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. and it was, it was great. Wow. We really hit. And Miracle Workers. The only thing we didn't talk about is Game of Thrones. So, But I just threw it in there. Well, there's always. Be looking for House of the Dragon. There's always <laughs> next week. <laughs> so, everybody, it's so good to be back. It is. Seriously. Thanks for listening. We're rambling. Do you remember how we end? No, things? I do. I know. I remember how. Oh, okay, I remember okay. how. Pff, come on. Kim, I'm going to end this podcast the way we end every podcast. Okay. I'm ready. After all this time. Always. See you next week, guys. It's so good to be back. <laughs> mm-hmm.